Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Science from Wired. Dozens of Egyptian tombs will be unearthed at Saqqara Necropolis. Archaeologists found the entrance to the unexplored burial shaft earlier this week. By Kiana N. Smith, Ars Technica. Okay, so in the coming week, archaeologists in Egypt are getting ready to open a 3,000-year-old burial shaft at the Saqqara Necropolis that's located south of Cairo. And this unexplored tomb is one of 52 burial shafts that are clustered together near the much older pyramid of the pharaoh Teti. Workers at the site found the entrance to the latest shaft earlier this week as they were getting ready to announce a ton of other finds at the site, like the tombs of military leaders and high-ranking courtiers, and a copy of the Book of the Dead, and ancient board games, and plus, among the discoveries is the name of the owner of an elaborate mortuary temple near Teti's pyramid, Narat or Nirit, the pharaoh's queen. Zahi Hawass told CBS News, I've never heard of this queen before, therefore we add an important piece of Egyptian history about this queen. Zahi is an archaeologist and the former Egyptian ministers of antiquities. Now, the first time archaeologists unearthed the stone temple was in 2010, but they couldn't really tell who this grand structure had been built for. But at mortuary temples like this one, priests and supplicants could make offerings to the dead queen to keep her comfortable in the afterlife and ask her to help them out in this world. Oh, and side note, Surviving examples of ancient Egyptian prayers to the dead often include reminders that if the deceased don't do their part and help the living, then the living might conveniently forget to keep making offerings and reciting prayers for the dead. So it turns out the mummy's curse was really just his ungrateful grandchildren all along. Okay, so excavations in the past decade found three mud-brick warehouses alongside the temple, and that's where the priests would have stored tools and offerings for the dead queen, Narat. And recently, archaeologists found Narat's name inscribed on a fallen obelisk near the temple's main entrance, and the name turned up again on a wall of the temple. So this queen's temple stands near her husband's pyramid at Saqqara. So together they founded the last dynasty of Egypt's old kingdom, 
150 years and six kings later, the country slid into the political chaos of the first intermediate period. Basically in the shadow of Teti's pyramid, these 52 recently excavated burial shafts date to Egypt's new kingdom, which is a set of dynasties that ruled from around 1570 to 1069 BCE. The earliest tombs at Saqqara are older than Egypt itself, and they date back to the pre-dynastic period when the land along the Nile was divided among several smaller kingdoms. But for the next 3,000 years, some of Egypt's great and powerful kept returning to Saqqara to build their tombs. It's a seven-kilometer stretch of desert that holds these elaborate temple complexes for pharaohs, next to the tombs of generals and princes and aristocrats. Now, Egyptian archaeologists, they've unearthed around 50 wooden sarcophagi from the burial shafts, which are these 10 to 12 meter deep rectangular pits that are covered with wooden planks or stone slabs. These coffins are a lot less ornate than royal burials, but they still suggest that their occupants were people of wealth and status. They're painted with images of the deceased, scenes of deities in the afterlife, and lines from the Book of the Dead, which if you don't know what that is, it's a collection of prayers and instructions that are meant to guide the dead person through the various tests and challenges that lay along their route in the afterlife. So think of it as the original version of the handbook for the recently deceased from the Beetlejuice movie. In one of the burial shafts, archaeologists found the remains of a copy of chapter 17 of the text. This four-meter-long, one-meter-wide papyrus scroll belonged to a man named Buka Af, and we know that because, like all good students, he wrote his name on his paper. And Buka Af's name also appears on his sarcophagus and on four wooden ceramic figurines called Ushabtis, and they're supposed to come to life and work as servants in the afterlife. So their presence, along with the painted coffin and the high-status real estate, tells us that Buka Af is a member of the ancient 1%. He's buried near a military leader whose tomb has a bronze axe in it, just in case he's called out of retirement by Osiris. Now another cemetery neighbor is a courtier named Ku Ptah and his wife Mut Amwe. And according to the texts in his rather elaborate tomb, Kupata held the lofty position of superintendent of the king's chariot for the new kingdom pharaoh he served. Uh, it's not clear exactly what that position might have entailed. It may have been largely ceremonial, like many British court positions today, or it may have involved actual chariot maintenance. Who knows? And in a carved limestone panel, Kupata and his wife are shown making an offering to Osiris together, Another scene shows the couple sitting with their six sons and three daughters who are smelling lotus flowers and wearing cones of perfume on their heads. Family time. Now, the things these people were buried with suggest that they had comfortable lives and they expected comfortable afterlives. Their tombs featured shrines and statues of the gods, of course, especially Anubis, a funerary god, and Ptah, a creator god, and Osiris, as well as lots of ceramic vessels and pottery. But archaeologists also found board games, including a Senate set. Senate dates back to at least 3100 BCE, so that makes that game as old as Egypt itself. It seems to have been a game of strategy, something like modern chess or checkers. And there are a few surviving texts that give some glimpses about the rules, and some modern researchers have actually cobbled together reconstructed versions of the game. 
But life and death weren't all pleasant even for the wealthiest New Kingdom Egyptians. Egypt's Ministry of Antiquities announced that it had already examined the mummified remains of one woman who died with an abscess, which is a swollen pus-filled lesion on her liver. And that's a pretty unpleasant souvenir of an infectious disease. And one of the mummies at the site belonged to a child, suggesting that wealth and status were no guarantee against crushing loss. Now, along with the newly rediscovered burial shaft, which is due to be opened this week, archaeologists at the site are still excavating a large mud-brick building. The Ministers of Antiquities says they expect the structure to end with a burial chamber, and so far, the evidence suggests it hasn't been looted. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.